When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following podcast contains explicit language. Culture Gap Fest Summer Strut 2016 edition. It's Wednesday, July 27th, 2016. On today's show, we produce our strut list of eminent struttables, as aided by Slate contributor Chris Malamphy, who who writes the uh, Why Is This Song number one column. Uh, joining me today is Julia Turner, editor of Slate. Hey, Julia. Hi, Steve. And of course, Slate's film critic Dana Stevens. Hey, Dana. Hello, Stephen. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Good to talk to you. Uh, Julia, before we dig in with Chris, what uh, what business do we have? A couple of pieces of business. Number one, we are still preparing for our awesome live show at The Mount on August 4th. That's a Thursday evening in Lenox, Massachusetts. That's Edith Wharton's home. We'll be doing a live show. And if we sell it out, we will take uh, married travelers on a hike the next morning. Details to come shortly on that. So you can go to slate.com slash live to purchase tickets. And we hope to see you guys there. Next up, I also wanted to let our listeners know what our Slate Plus segment is this week. So people who sign up for Slate's membership program, Slate Plus, uh, support our journalism and get to listen to bonus segments segments of our show each week. And this week, we are going to extend our strut conversation to answer a question that has bedeviled great minds flow these many months. What is the struttiest song on the Hamilton cast recording album? There was heated debate about it after a few select Hamilton songs were submitted by listeners to our strut compendium. So we will answer that question once and for all. And finally, we are going to be doing a special pre-taped show to get us through some summer travel that we all have planned. So we are going to do a listener call-in show. This is your chance to ask us the questions you've always wanted us to answer, to solicit our opinions about errant pieces of culture that we've unjustly ignored. And this year, I think for the first time ever, we're also welcoming your uh, mysteries, conundrums, brain teasers, and crowd pleasers. So you can send us, what did you think of War and Peace, but you can also send us, would you rather fight a uh, hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the classic Reddit AMA conundrum is. Um, we will accept any and all queries. We are going to record a show. Is it too much of a spoiler to say we're going to record a show on one of Steve's porches when we inquired whether <laughs> Steve had a porch? He told us he had multiple porches. The spoiler is which porch? <laughs> um, so please uh, call the following phone number. 201-890-3378. Again, that's 201-890-3378. 
877-933-8378. And then leave as a voicemail your question for us. If for some reason you uh, don't own a phone and prefer nonverbal communication, you can also email questions to culturefest at slate.com. But we would rather have your voice on our show. So please, again, call that phone number. 201-890-3378. And leave us an awesome and tantalizing question. And we want to get your queries by Wednesday, August 3rd. And we will attempt to answer as many of your delightful queries as we can. We're really looking forward to that show. It's been a while since we've done a call-in show, and they're always extremely fun. All right, Steve, let us, let us commence the grand musical episode. Let's do. Um, Julia, I think I may be bumping this right back to you. I think we're going to talk a little bit about the Song of Summer industrial complex about which Chris Malanfi has written. So, Julia, why don't you take it away? Yeah, well, so typically on this show, we we do two things, right? We talk about the Song of Summer, the state of the Song of Summer. The Song of Summer has almost become like the Oscars of music. I guess technically the Grammys is the Oscars of music. But to me, <laughs> like what is the greatest pop song that everybody loves is more of the um, the, the kind of user-based Oscars of music. Like what is the song that everyone will remember that when it comes on in 10 years at a wedding, you'll be like, ah, I remember that. Ah. Um, that song. What is that song for this year? And it usually comes out in the summer and artists release their songs with that in mind. And we had Call Me Maybe. And every year we talk about a few of these. Um, they inevitably come up in strut as natural submissions. And sometimes Dana and Steve and I in our fusty ways discover current Song of Summer contenders through the list. Uh, and, St- and Chris gives us context on them. But also we usually like to kick off this conversation with a bit of a state of state of the Song of Summer to orient us. And I have to say, I hear nothing this summer. Nobody's blasting anything out car windows. I don't, there's not this like ambient sense of the thing that's propelling us all through this dark, dark, dark summer. Like where is the buoyant thing that takes our mind off our troubles? I can't hear it. It feels like it's not there. Maybe I just have my nose too far inside uh, my like balloons and bunting television set at this point, but it feels... Is it just me, or is there not quite a song of summer, Chris? I'm shaking my head because the answer is no. It's not just you. And I'm glad you said the word buoyant or the lack thereof, the lack of buoyancy. I've already written in a couple of my Why's This Song number 1 pieces about how this is like a a year, really, not just a summer of doldrums uh, on the radio and on the charts and among the songs that are hits. The number one song for most of the last 10 weeks, um, and I'll explain that in a second, has been this song by Drake called One Dance. And it's got um, this um, catchy uh, hook that uh, he lifted from a late aughts uh, UK funky artist uh, named Kyla uh, and a little piano hook and a little bit from a, an African artist named Wizkid. And so like the, the, you know, the pillow upon which this song rests is very fluffy and, and, and you know, f- reasonably joyous. But man, it's a really sad record. I mean, it, it, it you know, the lyric goes something like I need one dance got a Hennessy in my hand, you know, one more time before I go. It's very wistful. And the whole record is is just a little dark. And One Dance is really of a piece with everything that's been topping the charts this year. Grips on your ways, front way, back way. You know that I don't play. Street's not safe, but I never run away. Even when I'm away. OT, OT, there's never much love when we go OT. I pray to make it back in one piece. I pray, I pray. That's why I need a one dance, got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time for I go, I apologize. Yeah, I mean, that song, it, you know, the beat, it, it is catchy and it does have 
a strut to it. You could strut to it, but it is melancholy, and it has not. I have not found it batting about my head since I started listening to it. Although I know people who have, namely my husband, who sang it incessantly for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it wafting out of cars. I've heard it at a baseball stadium this summer. It's it's definitely got enough of a thump to it that it qualifies as a you know Doppler effect coming out of a car driving down the street. Um, but yes, the melancholy is is kind of unmistakable. Um, now, this song on the charts has been competing with uh, another song that I mistakenly predicted in May when I wrote about it for Slate would be the presumptive song of summer. And that's a Justin Timberlake song called uh, Can't Stop the Feeling, exclamation point. It's got an exclamation point in the title, usually an indication that it is upbeat. Um, and it's a Max Martin produced song that is, I mean, upbeat almost to a fault. Um, Forrest Wickman, Aisha Harris, and I have all been writing about this song. We've all agreed that it's basically a shameless attempt by Justin Timberlake to recreate Happy by Pharrell. My least favorite song. Yeah. I'm actually pro-happy, but I got to say, yeah, there's something a little canned about this record. It's something that it's also a song for a soundtrack to a movie that's not even out yet. Timberlake is doing a voice for an animated film that's coming out in time for the holiday season called Trolls, about troll dolls. And this is a song from that. Um, Single tear rolling down my cheek. Indeed. This is what has become of Justin Timberlake's career in his mid-30s. Um, and I mean, gosh, it is as buoyant and upbeat as it gets. Um, but there's even sort of a little bit of underlying sadness, you know, beneath this song, uh, which went to number one for a single week in May and then immediately got replaced by the Drake song. And the Drake song has been holding it back for the last two months, basically. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby, when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. We're flying up no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, lock the way we rock it. So don't stop. I mean, you can't. I like. I was bopping around here, but it's, I bop to it. I actually listening to that just makes me feel like get a clue, dude. Like the world is not there. There's no sunshine in anybody's pockets. It's like a weird summer. I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'm mm, just in an mm-hmm. apocalyptic vibe, having watched Bernie Diehards boo down like fucking Elizabeth Warren last night. Um, <laughs> the song of the summer is rocking back and forth in a corner, moaning. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so it's like okay, you could kind of, I mean, in a in a totally vacuous pop psychology way, just posit that a song like that doesn't gain traction, doesn't feel right. Yeah, and I mean, the Drake song, which we talked about earlier, is of a piece with another number one hit that Drake was a guest on earlier this year, a nine-week number one song by Rihanna called Work, which just goes work, 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 work. And when I think of like the songs that have like sort of defined the year so far, I think of that Drake song. I think of Work by Rihanna. It's just a pretty downbeat year. I think of Panda by uh, Designer, this hip-hop joint that went to number one in late April uh, that you know barely even sounds like a song. It's sort of like a, a, a thumping club track. It, everything has been very doldrums this year. Um, there have even been uh, hits that I'm still hearing on the radio like this um, This Scandinavian group. Lucas Graham has had a number two hit called uh, Seven Years, which every 
tween and teenager I, I encounter seems to love, and it's this extremely melancholic quarter life crisis. Once <laughs> I was seven years old, once I was, it was like it's like the Frank Sinatra when I was seventeen, of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know, post millennials, and it's it's really downbeat. So it's it's been like this on the charts all damn year, even going back to the winter. Honestly, can we listen to that? That just sounds funny. Mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely Once I was seven years old It was a big, big world, but we thought we were bigger Pushing each other to the limits, we were learning quicker By eleven, smoking herb and drinking burning liquor Never rich, so we were out to make that steady figure Once I was eleven years old, my daddy told me Go get yourself a wife or you'll be lonely Once I was eleven years old <laughs> That was a big jump from looking back on hopscotch days to swigging. I also like herb at eleven. Yeah, <laughs> I liked the ambient sound of the like the like Super Eight film. You know, like the the sound of the nostalgia for your postmillennial life is still the nostalgia of like the nineteen sixties and the tinkling piano, like uh, <laughs> like a music box or something. Like you haven't really put that you know put away childish things. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of the mournful, unworthy songs of summer twenty sixteen. Let's move on to the strut songs of summer. All right, now we're going to strut. How many songs do we have on our Master Spotify playlist? Getting the hand signals from Lizzie Fison, who heroically put this together, our intern, uh, that it is 343 songs, which we've been playing on shuffle, some new, some old, some classics, uh, to excavate our own list of energetic songs that will lift your mood or at least propel you forward through the world. Uh, So is it time to just... Name some nominees. All right. Well, Dana, why don't you kick it off for us? What 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 jumped out at you from this uh, monster playlist? Yeah, it really was monstrous. It's, it's sort of hard to strut after song number about 200. <laughs> You're more <laughs> sort of crawling across the room with your headphones on. Um, but I think the one band I would say I discovered straight up, like I will get one of their albums now and continue to follow their career, is Lake Street Dive, this uh, this Boston band. Julia, did you know of them before? Them I did not. Hometown? I did not. Uh, I hope we can listen to a couple of their songs. There were, I believe, two that were sent in on the playlist. Right. I don't know if they're from the same contributor, but thank you to whoever that was. So how do you describe Lake Street Dive? Chris, help me describe them. They're sort of like a, a jazz. They have these sort of changing time signatures throughout their songs. They're pretty musically complex. They're multi-gender. They have horns, which I love in a pop band. There's like a lot of trumpet and stuff in the arrangements. And uh, and I just found them incredibly uh, poppy and delightful. Then I started researching them online a bit. And uh, one thing that I loved is that apparently Rolling Stone said of, of one of their albums that it sounded like Lewin Davis's favorite band. <laughs> it be inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> and they do have that sort of, you know, many, many decades are bound up in, into their sound. They also have a great cover of Michael Jackson's I Want You Back, which is not on our summer strut list, but which oh, I came I across in researching them. And uh, and they do something entirely new and fun with that song. Huh. Yeah, no, I, like you said, I th- they pack multiple decades into one sound. I mean, I hear millennial indie pop in them, but then I hear vintage sounding disco in them. I mean, the song that somebody proposed, uh, Call Off Your Dogs, uh, super catchy. And it's kind of an amalgam of lots of things. And it, it sounds vintage, yet not slavishly old school, which I liked. So, yeah. I think that's a thing that will come up again and again in the songs that I like are things that use sort of soul and funk sounds but do something fresh with them. Can we listen to a little bit of that? 
that was Call Off Your Dogs by Lake Street Dive. And the other song that I really, really liked by them on our list was called You Go Down Smooth. Yeah, I listened to those songs, too, and did find them strutable. But I always feel um, I feel weird about, like, neo-soul. I would classify them as neo-soul, and I sometimes feel in a strut playlist, a neo-soul gang is just, like, biting a classic move or something. I wasn't sure I heard enough things in there that sounded totally new to me to, to make me super excited about them, although very listenable. I did like it. It's also a theme, I think. Um, I noticed that there's... When uh, we did this last year, I, I detected a theme of a lot of kind of 80s-esque electro, you know, wafting through. And there's plenty of that this year as well. I mean, we have 343 songs. Of course, there's some of that. But there's a, to your point, Julia, there's a lot of imitation 70s this year. It's kind of like everybody has defined strut as having yeah. a little bit of funk or a little bit of disco. Um, like you have I, to have bell bottoms mm-hmm. on to properly strut. Yeah. All of these ones that sound... Like retro. you can't tell what decade they're from, and they're just super retro. There's they they tickle your ears to different degrees, and I agree. I liked the Lake Street Dive songs that I heard better than either of those two, um, but it just feels like cheating to me, which like makes no ideological sense. I recognize that I'm like the you know defender of pastiche, and we live in an era of mixing and matching. Like there's no there's no intellectual coherence, but when I'm looking for a Strat song that lifts my heart. I don't want to feel like someone's just like a good musician who's biting the moves of a few decades ago. Well, speaking of good musicians and um, cheating, probably the biggest cheat on this list is somebody submitted, and I really like this, uh, a song called Kill the Lights, which is by, it's a team up of Alex Newell, who's this interesting transgender artist, the vocalist Jess Glynn, who was on a hit a couple of years ago by Clean Bandit called Rather Be, and Nile Rodgers, the Nile Rodgers. Um, and this was uh, created for the show Vinyl, the now canceled HBO show Vinyl. And uh, it's introduced toward the end of the it's now only season as um, the moment that disco is emerging in New York in the 70s. And it it is trying shamelessly to recreate the sound of 70s disco what you what might save it for you is that the version they released as a single pretty clearly sounds like the 2010s. It's got more modern beats, but the arrangement and the strings and the the moves are very vintage 70s disco. It is trying to fake it. It wants to fake it. I like that song. I like it too. I didn't stumble across that in my 343 song listens, or I must have uh, skipped past it. (laughs) It was pretty far down the list, but I was when I found that, I'm like, oh wait a minute, I think I know this. I think that's a good song. All right, it is actually. Can I nominate a strut that is just like an actual classic uh, soul song? Absolutely, please. I hope actually, maybe it's not, and I've just been cheated, but it had the had the flavor of the original to me. Chris, you'll tell me. Um, 25 Miles by Edwin Starr, which is. 
It sounds like a classic. I was not familiar with it, and it has the virtue of literally being about walking. A lot of my choices this year were very literal in their subject matter. They're either about walking or about playing music loud. Um, so maybe it's just the only way to escape the ambient <laughs> woe of the world is to just really, in like a meditative, <laughs> mindful way, be I'm like, I am strutting. Foot in front of that foot. <laughs> exactly. Moving Dana. in a forward direction. <laughs> <laughs> we can release our own signal. <laughs> that I've misidentified? No, not at all. No, um, Edwin Starr uh, is... Um, what's interesting about that record is that's an early minor hit by a guy who later had a number one hit. You know Edwin Starr from War. War, huh, good God, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing, say it again. Number one, 1970. <laughs> I looked. The, I had to look this one up because I was like, I don't think I know this Edwin Starr song. It's from like 68, 69. So it's before he really breaks through or he's, you know, he's kind of like a middling R&B chart presence at this point. And also the sound of that record, it's a, a sound that British club goers in the 70s would define as northern soul. This kind of more fluttery, pre-Philadelphia international, very plush kind of soul sound. I, yeah, it's a terrific record. As long as we're on Old Soul, can I just shout out one remake of an old, I guess you'd call it a soul funk kind of song, song that everybody knows. It's played at almost every wedding, but it's in this beautiful mix. So it's Bill Withers' Lovely Day, the Studio Rio Rio remix. Did you guys all hear that and love it? I didn't think that that song could get Mm -hmm. struttier, and yet somehow combining it with like these Brazilian stylings or whatever. It it goes so well. It's kind of a bossa nova setting of the song. Let's listen to it a little bit. It's it's, It's totally strutty. Sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be As a fan of both old soul and all Brazilian music, I I really love that combination. That's just great. Oh, that was good. Let me throw one in the in the pile. Then Um, there was a lot of stuff I'd never heard of and um, before, and was 
having trouble even finding kind of rudimentary details about on the internet. So Chris, I'm, I'm curious to know whether you recognize any of these, but Midnight Sun by Isaac Delusion. Have you heard of those guys? I had not. That was a new one to me too. Thank you ever so kindly. I'm here with my machine. Yeah, I really like that too. And and in some ways that's actually in keeping that's also a little bit moody, but with just this propulsive beat behind it that um makes you feel energetic and contemplative at the same time, which is like kind of an interesting To me that's more a hammock song than a strutting song, but it's still it's still summery. Oh, and then there was just another one that probably is the same kind of deal, but just never heard of these guys before and couldn't really find out much about them. But I gotta spell it S J O W G R E N. Shazgren. submit my own super cheesy melodrama that caught my ear. This one is Break Over You by Draper Comma Prides. Don't know what it means to have a comma in the in the <laughs> name of your band, but uh, this, this song is like a oh shit, love is on the line song, but very strutty. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even 
get to the part where he says, I would die for you. Would you die for me? <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry, guys. That actually, I think that it should be an element of every summer strutless. There has to be some romantic, over-the-top melodrama of like, this guy I met at the hamburger stand is the absolute, <laughs> right? These people, of my oh my God. <laughs> These people are Julia, about to drive up me at hello. for each other. <laughs> Fucking loved it. Uh, do you know anything about these guys? <laughs> all, all I know is that Draper, it's it's two, actu- it's two artists. Draper is a UK producer. Prides is a supposedly Glaswegian uh, trio. Uh, so the singers are basically this trio Prides and then Draper is the producer who's Steve, building up all the Steve, they're Glaswegian. How can you object? <laughs> right up your alley, man. I, as they're soon like, as I hear that word. The closer know, to the Arctic the, Circle, the, the more you like the music, right? <laughs> The frozen sea within me melts when I hear the word Glaswegian. All right, can I can Um, I redeem myself with a legitimately good song? Sure. Can we listen to "Good as Hell" by Lizzo? Oh hell yes. I do my hair toss, check my nails, baby. How you feeling? Feeling good as hell. Hair toss, check my nails, baby. How you feeling? Feeling good. That's nice. That should be one of Hillary's campaign songs. Um, that also, I just got a awesome flyer from Lizzie, <laughs> a nice little reporter's notebook that had in ballpoint most requested songs. So uh, the the people are with me on that one. I wish it were, frankly, a bigger radio hit, but I mean, it's definitely totally gone viral. It's from uh, the last Barbershop movie, the one that came out in April, Barbershop, uh-huh. The Next Cut. And Lizzo, I think, was mentioned on, I, I, there were a couple of Lizzo submissions last year, and I don't think they made it into our discussion. She's been knocking around for a while. Also, what, What's the deal with Lizzo? Give Lizzo, us Lizzo also appears more than once in our playlist, um, but she's hiding because uh, somebody or maybe two somebodies proposed a couple of tracks by uh a project called Girl Party, G-R-R-R-L, uh, and Lizzo's part of Girl Party. Um, she's from Minneapolis. Um, she kind of does this crunk female rap full of attitude thing. Somebody proposed a Girl Party track called Clank Clank that's terrific, and another one called Night Watch that's kind of this sinister, percolating, blippy, melodramatic thing where for some reason in the middle somebody says chartreuse, chartreuse, which I still can't figure out what that's about. <laughs> uh, but no, Good as Hell is kind of like this this culmination of what she's been building to for a few years now. It's terrific, right? Record. One thing I like about it tonally is that I think it does fit the season. It's not like a oblivious Timberlake thing of like, my pocket's full of sunshine. It's like something bad just happened and you're going to feel good anyway. It's right. like the it's like the fake it till you make it strut song, which is a mode that I think Beyonce is really good at. The like performative, totally. uh, like fuck all y'all type thing. And, and I feel like this is just like much more relaxed and party vibe of that. But, but there's this kernel of you know if your man doesn't love you anymore then walk out the door like that moment of taking the bad thing and trying to turn it into a good thing which makes it feel not just strutty but 
like pertinent. Well, I think we talked before about another subgenre of the summer strut song, which is the getting ready to go out song, right? I think, for example, Lady Gaga's Bad Romance is a classic getting ready to go out song. You just want to put on gobs of mascara and go out and <laughs> just like do the town. And this song is literally about that, right? It's about like looking good and getting ready to walk out the door. Hey, Chris, uh, should I know who Little Scream are? <laughs> I like the song by theirs called Love is a Weapon. I'm not sure I got to that one. Can we God, hear it? Man, no one digs my songs this year. Steve, I love all your picks mm. this year. Mm. What is happening? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Reminded me of St. Vincent, but like almost oh, a catchy a little bit. A little, little Prince homage in the falsetto there. Oh, yeah, definitely. A little bit of Prince, yeah. 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 Anyone else notice the Roberta Flack deep cut? No. That would be compared to what, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. is the motivation hanging up the whole damn nation looks like we always end up in a rut trying to make it real but compared to what it's <laughs> That's very this summer. <laughs> Twisted Except children. it's from 1969. <laughs> Twisted children are killing frogs. The 2016 summer <laughs> strap playlist. <laughs> oh my God, it's all so dark. Show. But yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the instrumentation on that is so restrained. It's fantastic. And the, and the lyrical, yeah, really the, the phrasing and delivery are so sly. One song that that puts me in mind of, which uh, is much newer and not sonically quite similar, but has a similar, very stripped down, um, like high capitalism apocalypse type vibe, is the song, <laughs> is the song New Dorp, New York by, I guess you'd call them Subtract, yeah. S-B-T-R-K-T, and Ezra Koenig, yeah. who's one of the brains behind Vampire Weekend. Lead singer of, yep. Let's listen to that. My girl got a minimum, keep stuck right there till the number comes, leave a smooth operator looking like a bum. My girl's got a city to run, got the key to the kingdom where the money's from, never seen the color yellow, never seen the sun. And he thinks I'm the negative one. Flag slapping the Manhattan, New Dope, New York, gargoyles goggling oil, peak of the empire, top of the rock. Flag slapping the Manhattan, New Dope, New York, gargoyles goggling oil. Peak of the Empire, top of the rock. My girl's got a little stick, keep you 
What's the deal with those guys, Chris? So Subtract is a UK, you know, producer. Uh, and as you noted, Ezra Koenig, who's singing, is uh, from Vampire Weekend, uh, the leader and lead singer of Vampire Weekend. That record's a couple of years old. Um, I mean, I love it, too. Um, what cracks me up is New Dorp is actually a part of Staten Island. Um, shout out to my family who live on Staten Island. Um, and so it's this... I don't know, meditation on something about gentrification in New York City, uh, New Dorp, New York. But if if you can figure it out, you know, the vibe uh, I take off of it is you're looking at Manhattan from uh, from a borough. Yeah, you're looking at you're looking at what New York says it is from what New York is, is. And then you're being a little on the nose with your complaints about gargling oil, but the in, the internal rhymes, like this song, is just on the edge of me hating it. But I, but it, you don't but like it the, you don't like the wordplay of gargoyles gargling oil. No, I oil. love that. That's that what I'm saying. Over. That's what I'm saying. That's what rescues it. If yeah. they found a less inventive, less <laughs> verbally, metrically, and like rhyme schemically inventive way to complain about. Uh, Fossil fuels and like capitalism. <laughs> I would not have been on the on the ride, but the metrics save it for me. The meter. Yeah, I agree. I'm totally with you on this one. I'd be remiss if I didn't add that in my notes I have written down the Bowie cover of Cactus is Aus Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. It's an old Pixies, right? Classic. Yeah, and it's Isn't it? 21st century Bowie, so you can definitely hear that's like, you know, his kind of wavery, wobbly, late voice. I think that's from Heathen, which is the 2002 record. Mm. Pretty dystopian. Do you guys, speaking, I know Dana's a fan of Brazilian music. Do you know Jorge Ben? Yeah, of course. Um, somebody put in Umba Bara Umba uh, or Ponta de Lanza Africano. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This song has like followed me throughout my life. I discovered it embarrassingly, the way a lot of people discovered it, you know... <laughs> the David Byrne collection, right? The Back in the Byrne early collection. 90s. Uh, in the late 80s. It was like 89, so practically early 90s, yes. Uh, Beleza Tropical, I believe that collection was called. And they really pushed this Jorge Ben song hard. It even got a music video in 1989 that got played a lot on VH1, this animated music video. It's terrific. Um, but God, if this song isn't just the catchiest thing ever, it's actually a 1976 song. I had to look this up that... Jorge Ben wrote about an African footballer who apparently like just, you know, was uh, an amazing um, shooter, uh, scorer. And, uh, you know, I've put it on every Latin mix I've ever made. Um, it's just like hook, hook, hook. There, there, there are like multiple layers of hooks in this song. In honor of the Rio Olympics, we have to play a little bit of Umba Bara Uma. I think so.
yeah, I can make you play the whole record. It's kind of like just when you think it's already spooled out its hook, there's like another hook and then another hook. I love the um, grittiness of the underpinnings of that song. It doesn't sound like what I think of the kind of airy floatiness of Brazilian or bossa nova music sounding like. Right. Well, bossa nova is more sort of like middle class music, right? This sounds like, I mean, I don't I, I don't know enough about Brazilian music to know exactly what traditions this is pulling on, but it's Afro-Brazilian music. Like Definitely. Roots music. Well, and, and Jorge Ben comes out of Tropicalia, right? The, the, the late 60s movement that produced Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, Os Mutantes. He's part of that, but then to your point, Julia, it's like now it's the mid-70s, so it's, it's a little way on from that that original bossa nova you know tropicalia movement and it's kind of like gotten grittier and dirtier almost yeah, like it's been like filtered a, through something there's yeah. like a bald guitar under there's there's right. there's i like that that's great yeah. all right well one more new song that caught my ear and i i as promised, I had one strut recommendation about strutting, and this is the one about blasting music. Uh, appropriately, it's called Loudspeaker by Muna, Muna, M-U-N-A. It's all caps. Not exactly sure what you say. Let's listen to that. shimmery 80s kind of hits a sweet spot for me. Yeah. I mean, that may open myself up to Dana saying, if retro 70s is bad, why is retro <laughs> 80s okay? <laughs> because everybody's doing retro 80s now and it's practically like this current. This bringing me back to lemon slurry versus nutmeg. How come, <laughs> how come Julia can go there and I can't? <laughs> well, so just so I'm not completely accused of only liking old retro sounding things, I'm going to name one more newish song as well that I thought was really great and just um, packed so much into into three minutes of, of song time. It was Back Pocket by Wolfpack. I know nothing about Wolfpack. I'm going to ask you about them Chris, but yeah, this is from their I album like Thrill too. of the Arts. And the note I have in my listening notes on this song back pocket is mixture of Prince and breathy French chanteuses. <laughs> That's what it sounded like mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> I, yep. I That's so awesome. I love that. That's such strut mm. material, right? So what's yeah. the story with Wolfpack? I mean, 
I, I only know their basic bio. They're they're actually a fairly new band. They've only been around about five years, and I keep seeing them kind of cross my radar. I, I see reviews from time to time. <laughs> they actually made news a couple of years ago by punking Spotify. This was the band that put out a silent album <laughs> under their name mm-hmm. and wanted to get paid by Spotify for it. And I think they actually did get paid by Spotify <laughs> for it. The, the album was called uh, Sleepify, I think, and, it, and the song titles were all zzz, you know multiple Zs, and they actually got paid. So like they're 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 very, you know, puckish and, and they've got a sense of humor. But like, yeah, I mean, best I can tell, a lot of their stuff is this kind of American funk, very indebted to Prince. I guess it's appropriate given, you know, that we lost Prince this year, that we're all grooving to this this music that's, you know, somewhat indebted to him. But, but and yeah. the, the drums are so tight. It's just so a tight. really, really tight band. I also really like that as an answer song to Justin Timberlake's Insipid Pocket. Take the fucking sunshine out of your pocket. There's like some weird dirty note from from a love object in there. I feel like we should take a moment. One of my experiences of listening to these 343 songs on shuffle is that like many, many classic struts came on. And we always welcome submissions of struts of yesteryear. I feel like we should shout out this year's nominees of a couple things that that uh, that I couldn't help but enjoy and strut to, even though they weren't new and I didn't feel like they quite met the bar to be a fresh sound to highlight for summer strut this year. So uh, on my list, uh, White Lines by Grandmaster Flash. Can't top that. Very strutty. Unfuckwithable. Another one that was a classic that came up that that struck a chord for me was 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Personal favorite of mine. Seemed appropriate for a summer when Dolly's touring again after a long time. I wasn't able to see her when she played various places near me, but I think that tour is still ongoing. uh, An opportunity for those of you in cities she has yet to reach. And also this is a song literally about like gearing up to go to work in the morning. The situation in which you need the strat sometimes. Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five Any song that has an ode to coffee, like any song that mentions coffee in it, I love. And Cup of Ambition is like just a fucking the greatest thing that anyone's ever called coffee. Not to mention just imagining Dolly Parton getting ready in the morning. Can you imagine the process? 
<laughs> right? She must have to get up That's pretty dang early yeah. to get that hair together and the rhinestones. Number one hit, 1981. <laughs> and a great example of a song that comes from a movie, has the same title as the movie, yep. but has far outlived the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, no, let's true. not speak ill of that movie, Dana. Oh, no, I like 9 to 5. But don't you feel like that song is passed into, it's a pop song on its own, right? Yeah, yeah. it stands on its own. I love the movie too, but I, I actually agree with Dana. While we're on country music singers, how about Dust on the Bible by Kitty Wells? I don't know if it's a strut song, but just anything by Kitty Wells. Uh, maybe that's the only hope left for us, Steve, this dark summer. <laughs> it's a two-step strut. <laughs> it is, yeah, dust it off. That one doesn't count as a classic for me because I've never heard it before, but uh, I like that a lot. And then I, feel, I mean, there's a bunch more classics like The Breeders' Cannonball and a couple of I Love Fool by the Cardigans, like, you know, songs of my youth. There was one stretch where some some submitter clearly is like of my exact generation and there were six songs in a row that were all like things that I had on mixtapes in 1993. But I feel like, Dana, there, we had a couple classics in common. You had a couple other sort of all-time Yeah, the greats. only overlap I'm aware of on your shortlist and my shortlist is Shoop by Salt and Pepper, which again, it's to me so so familiar and brings up a specific time so so precisely that it was kind of hard to regard it as, oh, a fresh start material, but no one could dispute the greatness of the song. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby, shoot. Oh, you don't, baby. Shoot. No, not you. you. Shoot. The bow-legged one. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Shoot. Damn, baby. That sounds sexy. <laughs> Uh, here I go, here I go, here I go again, okay. girls. What's my weakness? Yeah. Okay, then chillin', chillin', mindin' my business. Word. Your souls, I looked around and I couldn't believe this. I swear, I stand, my niece, my witness. The brother had it going on with something kinda uh, wicked, wicked. Had to kick it. I'm not shy, so I asked for the ditches. I hope no, that don't make me see what I want. Slip, slide to it swiftly. Throws it in my hip, so I dip back to my bag of tricks. Then I flip for a tip, made me wanna do tricks. Wanna lick them like a lollipop should be licked. Came to my senses and I chill for a bit. Let's just shut this podcast down and play that song on loop for like 120 minutes. I mean, I just have to say they accomplished something that we talked about during our Prince Memorial segment, which is that they take these really filthy acts and make them sound so cute and fun and delightful that you just want to bop around the dance floor, not to mention, you know, incredibly feminist. Yeah, no, no, absolutely right. Um, all right. Well, that was a lot of pretty awesome strut. And we, we got a lot of submissions this year have we like gotten popular in the last year what's happened it seems unlikely maybe (laughs) (laughs) can i say though it's never been 343 i don't think so and can i also say i am like so energized i feel like this might be the best strut list ever like i feel no offense to past year you guys but like i liked all of your picks as well Yeah, we've, we've 2013 me just stormed out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we vectored hard this year. I, like I don't know. It. Maybe that's like its own sign of the apocalypse that we all agree about summer <laughs> strut. Like this is just the end times. But I think this is a really oh, good list. Dogs and cats. It's true. 
Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, that was the summer strut for 2016. Chris, are you going to stick around and endorse? I'd be happy to, Steve. Superb. Thank you so much. Um, and also, thank you to the uh, one person who submitted 343 songs <laughs> under 342 alias emails. Our one fan out there. Brilliantly done. Um, anyway, no, thank Catholic you for sending the songs. Love that guy. <laughs> Loves all eras. Um, it was uh, it was a brilliant list this year. It really was superlative. All right. Well, let's endorse Dana. What do you have? Well, since we all kind of have Michelle Obama on the brain today, I think we're recording the day after her speech at the at the DNC, which everybody pretty much agreed was the barn burner of the night, and I think may wind up being the barn burner of the entire convention and one of her most memorable onstage moments as first lady. So given that we talked a few weeks ago about carpool karaoke, the James Corden drive around with folks and sing show, I just want everyone to know, which lots of people already do know because it had something like 31 million views on YouTube, that Michelle Obama has done carpool karaoke with James Corden and it is so worth watching. Have you guys seen it? Yeah. I, in fact, watched it last night at five in the morning after my son woke me up and I couldn't go back to sleep. I was like, you know what? Now's time. I haven't found, <laughs> been able to find time in my busy life. But now that I've like been moved to tears by Michelle Obama's speech, which the rhetorical power of her not saying Trump's name was uh, so effective for me. Like just the the they go low, we go high of it. It was just a rhetorical, a feat of rhetoric and a feat of delivery. I was like moved beyond moved by that speech. Um, but yeah, so then when I like couldn't sleep after my son had woken me up, I was like, yeah, let me hang out with James Corden. And I actually haven't watched very much Carpool Karaoke because I was away the week you guys did that segment um, and was very charmed to discover how much you all loved it. And she's her, the precision with which she knows clearly deep in her bones, the lyrics to the Beyonce, Missy Elliott, Stevie Wonder and other songs that they uh, delivered is was impressive. Yeah, and I just don't think I've ever seen her quite so unpackaged. You know, I mean, we've all been talking about how Obama, Barack Obama himself, is sort of in, you know, DJF mode in the last months of his presidency, but you don't often get to see Michelle in that mode. And so just ha- seeing her ride around in the passenger seat of a car having fun made me really happy that she's going to get more opportunities to do do things that feel freeing than she has for the last eight years. Totally agree. Hmm. You're here. Absolutely. Um, Julia, what do you have? Uh, I would like to endorse a documentary called The Seventh Fire, which uh, was made by a friend of mine, I should say. The director is uh, this fellow, Jack Pettibone Riccobono. But he spent seven years uh, going back and forth to this uh, Indian reservation in Minnesota, following the lives of a couple young guys on the reservation who get caught up in drugs and are in and out of jails and just have very, very bleak lives, an incredibly difficult time finding access to resources or anything that can help them escape the lives that they found themselves in. And it's a real feat of filmmaking as well, because it manages to get permission to follow Rob, who's the kind of key protagonist of the film, into prison and to shoot in prison, which is very hard to do in documentary. I think it was the first time it had ever been done in Minnesota, and it's it's not done very frequently anywhere. So you really get a sense of what life is like. It's also incredibly beautifully shot. Um, it's very lyrical and it's also very focused it's it's incredibly focused on the specifics of basically these two young men on this reservation and their lives and how they unfold and its specificity of it to me gives it really great power so it's currently playing at metrograph in new york this week i think through friday if you're hearing this in new york city uh shortly after it airs um but i think it'll be coming out around the country over the rest of this year and probably on demand fairly soon as well so it's called the seventh fire it's definitely definitely worth keeping an eye out for 
Cool. Um, Chris, what do you have? I think I, too, would like to endorse a movie. And forgive me, have you all done a specific segment about The Lobster? No, we never got to The Lobster. It was kind of on our backlist for weeks, though, to yeah. possibly well, do it. I think it's on a lot of people's backlist because, I mean, this is a movie that won the jury prize at Cannes in 2015, last year. And it kind of unspooled and it's kind of become the quiet art house mini blockbuster of the spring summer of 2016. Like it's playing at the Nighthawk here in New York City and it's been playing there for months. And I found out that it's already grossed something like eight or nine million dollars, which for a movie this quirky is remarkable. Um, This is Yorgos Lanthimos' um, first English language feature. Um, It is strange. um, I mean, gosh, it's it's described as an absurdist dystopian comedy drama. And I'm I'm not even sure that covers everything about it. Um, You know, it's this... uh, And crustacean. And crustacean, right. It's it's this uh, reimagined world where pairing off uh, in couples is so prized by society that if you are divorced or separated from your partner, you are taken to this you know, sinister retreat where you are then, you know, put through a program to repair you. Uh, And the reason it's called the lobster is because you're supposed to pick the animal that you are willing to be turned into if you cannot be paired off in a certain period of time. Um, Most people pick dogs. I'm not giving away anything. This is literally given away in the first reel of the film. Most people pick dogs, but uh, the hero, uh, played by uh, Colin Farrell, chooses a lobster uh, because uh, he claims they live a long time and, uh, uh, you know, various other reasons. But I I found it's it's not a perfect movie i would say it's maybe even 15 or 20 minutes too long but i i found it captivating i was never bored um a lot of people are comparing it to hitchcock which i can see but to me the movie strongly strongly reeks of stanley kubrick i mean i was joking with my friends after i got out of it that you could retitle the movie barry shining clockwork wide shut i mean it's like it's like an amalgam of about four or five kubrick films in terms of the the way shots are staged the way music is used the the forest scenes are very barry Lyndon. it's 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 really quite remarkable and even if you wind up hating it it's i can soundly endorse it because you'll come out of it being glad you saw it uh, it's such an interesting uh, it's such an interesting concept. I mean, that's like a high concept that's actually an interesting concept. I feel like maybe we should try and find time for it in the in the August doldrums. All right. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to endorse the single most melodic song of all time. Chris, that would be which one? I was going to say I want you back by the Jackson five, but I'm sure you have something else in mind. <laughs> <laughs> would you back me up if I said it? the song was. um Different Drum by the Stone Ponies. Oh, that's a very lovely song, actually. I really do love that song, yes. I did. Of course, I knew that without knowing I knew it. Absolutely. It is that, exactly that song, the song you know without knowing you know it. But um, And then, anyway, one, one more Evan Dando, Evan Dando-ish moment. He has a song, Chris, I don't know if you like any of his music, but he's not a bad melodist or songwriter himself, mm-hmm. kind of underrated. And uh, he has a great song called The Outdoor Type. Which I is love just the a great tip. little ditty. Yeah, it's such a great song. <laughs> anyway, those are my those are my endorsements. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Steve. Dana, thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Julia, always a pleasure. 
Uh, so fun. And I have to just second the thanks to Chris, especially on a list with 343 songs. The fact that this episode is basically just stump Chris. And you're like, Chris, who wrote that? What is that band? Where are they from? And he's just like, I promise we're not stopping the tape for him to frantically Google and like fake his expertise. <laughs> I did a little frantic Googling. But... He like actually just knows everything. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are most welcome. You'll find links to some of the things we talked about today at our show page, slate.com slash culturefest. And you can email us at culturefest at slate.com or drop us a note at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash culturefest. Our producer is Ann Hepperman. Our intern is Lizzie Fison. The executive producer of Slate Podcast is Steve Lichtai. And Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of the Panoply Network. And we, of course, the Culture Gap Fest, we're part of the Panoply Network. So you can check out an entire roster of like-minded shows at itunes.com slash panoply our twitter feed is at slate cult fest for julia turner dana stevens and chris melanthia i'm Stephen metcalf thank you so much for joining us we'll see you soon i hope that sounds sex here i go here i go here i go again girls what's my weakness okay then chillin chillin money